Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new, joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You can also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. My name's Corey. I'm a pastoral resident at our Prescott Valley campus. And this morning we are in week 32 of our Romans series. Now, if you've got your Bibles or your Romans packets with you, please open up to chapter 11. We're going to be starting in verse 11. And if you're able to, please stand as we read the word together. Again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world, and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? I am talking to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I take pride in my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. For in their rejection brought reconciliation to the world. What will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourselves to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say that branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you will continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you will also be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. 
I thank you for the opportunity that we have as a church in two different campuses to be able to share in your word alongside each other. God, I pray that the message today uh, speaks into our hearts, that we can walk out of this building today being a better disciple of you. Lord, we love you in your son's name. Amen. Welcome. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here. We are honored that you've chosen to start your week off by worshiping with us here at Quad City Christian Church. I want to welcome all of those who are joining us online from whenever and wherever you are. So grateful to have you with us every week. And also all of those worshiping with us in Prescott Valley this morning. So grateful uh, that you are a part of the Quad City family alongside of us. If you're a newcomer, so glad that you're here. We're in the middle of this series that we're calling Romans, uh, the gospel for everyone. We're just working our way line by line through the book of the Bible called Romans. We've made it all the way to chapter 11. Now, before we get to our text, I do want to make one quick announcement today, and that is that Easter is just a couple of weeks away. So hopefully you are planning on coming and worshiping and celebrating that with us. Let me just share two quick things. One, one of the things that we do every year at Easter is we just want to present the gospel as simply and clearly as we can and invite people to do what we just got to experience, to give their life to Jesus and be baptized. So that's always a cool part of our Easter celebration. So if you know somebody in your life who just needs somebody to help share the gospel with them in a clear way, that's all I'm trying to do on Easter. So bring them with you. Make sure that they're here. Uh, we do have these little invite cards, um, but we're doing a little bit different this year. We've made a big old blank space on the back for you to actually hand write the invitation. We didn't want to just do business cards that you're passing out to everybody. We want to give you an opportunity to hand write an invitation. It's got all the times on it. So please grab one of those and invite somebody to come with you on Easter. Today, we're in chapter 11, and I want to make sure that we set the context again one more time for chapters 9 through 11. So we're in the book of Romans, and in this section specifically, Paul is addressing one issue. And the issue is that on the whole, the people of God, the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, has rejected Jesus as their Messiah, which was why the church is primarily Gentile at this point. Very few Jewish people, but they were called God's chosen people. And so this is an issue. How is it that his chosen people aren't part of the family of God? And so this is very disheartening for Paul because Paul is a Jew. He is an Israelite. These are his brothers, his sisters, his friends. And Paul knows that there's only one way to come to Jesus. And that's by grace through faith. And they have rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Chapter 9, he said they stumbled over Jesus. Now, the question that we're going to talk about today is, is there any hope for them now? Or is it too late? Is their fate set? That's what Paul's going to talk about in our text today. So let's dive in. Again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? That's his, is, is it too late? Is there no hope? The, the, the issue isn't, did they stumble? That's not, they did stumble. They're like, they have fallen. That's not the issue. The question is, have they fallen to a place where they can't get back up? So that they can't get back into the family of God. Have they gone too far? And he answers the question simply, not at all. 
Not at all. And this ought to be some, bring some hope to many of us. You got people in your life and in your family who once walked by faith and they made the decision. And by all the outward fruit, it looked like they were following Jesus. But now you look and it's gone and there's no fruit and there's no faith. And you're like, is it too late? Have they fallen? Have they, is, it, is all hope lost? And Paul says, no, not at all. That's not, that's not the case. Paul believes that there's still a chance for them to come back to faith. If you're still alive, there is still time to come to faith. Paul believes there's still hope for his people. He hasn't given up on them, as we're going to soon see. Now, what's interesting to me about this is this is pretty negative. Like this, do they fall beyond recovery? Like that's a pretty heavy kind of moment. But immediately he... He moves off of thinking of this as a negative, and he spins it immediately into the positive. Look what he says. Have they fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, here's the good news, rather because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. So Paul says, hey, there's a giant silver lining to the Jewish people turning their backs on their Messiah. And the big Silver lining is it cracked the door open to invite in all you Gentiles. Like that's what, that's what happened. Like God invited us into the family. When those Jewish people rejected their Messiah, he says it opened the door for the Gentiles. And again, as we've said throughout, most of us in here are Gentiles. Like when you read Gentile in the Bible, it simply means those who are not Jewish. We have some Jewish people in and among us every week, but the vast majority of us are not Jewish. We were Gentile. And he says, in fact, one of the reasons that the Gentiles got invited in was to make Israel envious. Like the hope for Paul was, and for God, was that the Israelites would see the Gentiles enjoying all of the blessings of being part of the family of God, all of the blessings that comes with Jesus as their Messiah, and the, the Israelites would look around and say, whoa, wait, wait, why do they get all the blessings? Those, those are supposed to be my blessing. I want my blessings back. That was the hope. Paul continues to look on the bright side. If their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion be? So Paul takes it to another level. He says, look, if there's a blessing that came from the chosen people of God being out, how much greater do you think the blessing would be if the chosen people of God were actually in? Like you sports people get this. Okay, how many how many sports fans we got in the, the room here? You ain't real sports fan. If, if, if was, there was a game on, you'd be louder than that. Like you'd be hooping and hollering. Yeah, we're like right now in the middle of one of the best times for sports, like March Madness right now, right? That is until Kentucky lost, then it went sideways. Look, 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 look. I, it's, I feel like there's a lot of you who are non-sports ball people, so just for you non, just hang tight. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming in just a moment. For those of you who are big sports fans, think about it this way. You got to, no matter if it's football, baseball, 
uh, basketball, whatever your sport, imagine you've got like the best player. You got a dominant player on your team and they, you know that they could just carry the load. Like all of the other guys could have an off night. Doesn't matter. This guy's going to carry the load and he helps take the team to another level. Okay. Now imagine for a moment that guy's out. Okay. Your quarterback gets hurt. Your point guard goes down, whatever the thing is, your best player is out. He gets benched. He, for whatever reason, he's kicked out or injured or whatever the thing is. Actually, let's take it a step further. Imagine the whole starting five of your favorite basketball team are out. Like they're just, they're on the bench. Now, if you're a sports fan, all of a sudden you're like, that happens in the middle of the year. Like, oh, there goes the season, right? Now, just imagine all the starters are out and the bench guys come in. And when the bench guys come in, like it's rocky. There's a reason they're on the bench. Okay? Like it's rocky. They don't, they were not, they're not equipped. They didn't anticipate having to carry the load for the team. Like they, they just, they, they just come and play their part every once in a while. Then they go back to the bench. But, but here they are. And now they're in the starting lineup and you begin to watch them game after game, week after week. And all of a sudden you begin to see, oh, they're, they're getting better. They're getting better. Like they're, they're getting more confident and they're beginning to make plays. And all of a sudden they start to string a couple of wins together and your excitement grows. And part of the reason your excitement grows is you're thinking, oh, wait, if the backups are getting this good, imagine how great the team is going to be when the starters come back. Like if the team, what well, part of what's making the team get better as a whole is with the backups playing, when the starters come back, then we'll be dominant. That's the picture Paul's painting here. That the chosen people, the family of God, those born in the starters, they are on the bench. They got benched for a while. And now the, the grubby Gentiles who were never meant to carry the weight of this thing, they've come into the starting lineup and God's beginning to produce fruit through them in amazing ways as the church is growing. And if God can do that with the greasy Gentiles, imagine what he'll be able to do when the Jewish starters come back. That's the point he's making. And, and part of what makes it so good, part of what makes them get better the sports metaphor going for a moment part of what makes the team get better is when the starters look out and they see the bench players actually playing well because all of a sudden the bench guys like i'm sorry the starters are like whoa whoa. these guys are actually pretty good i gotta step up my game i gotta get back in the gym i gotta get back to the way they're take if i don't get better they're gonna take my spot And Paul says, that's what I'm doing. That's what I want for my Israelite brothers is for them to see the backups doing amazing and get worried about somebody taking their spot. He says, I'm talking to you Gentiles. And as much as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my ministry to the Gentiles in the hope that I may somehow arouse my people to envy and save some of them. I, I, Paul says, I want to preach to the Gentiles and I want to get so many Gentiles saved that the church is flooded with Gentiles so that my own people say, wait, 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 they're taking our spots. I want to arouse in them an envy to save, what does this say? To save what? 
We can do better than that, y'all. Y'all smarter than that. Some of them. Save some of them. Paul doesn't anticipate that that he's going to win them all. That all of them are going to come back and turn to Jesus. He doesn't anticipate that. But he says, I will leverage my life and I'll save as many Gentiles as I can in the hope that I can get my own people to long for the space that God created for them. That's what he was hoping for. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what would their acceptance bring but life from the dead? If part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. Again, the same idea that if this, if the backups, if the, if the second string, if they're being out, still produce fruit for the world, imagine what will happen when they come back in. If the first fruits, meaning those patriarchs, the promises, those Abraham, if that piece is holy, then all that were connected to that is holy. If that root, which is holy, Abraham and the, the, the patriarchs, if that root is holy, then all of the branches that are connected to that root are also holy. And we want to be a part of that tree. We want to be those branches. Now, here's the problem for those of us who are Gentiles. We weren't born into that family tree. You weren't connected to that root. The Jewish people were. And now, yet, because of Jesus, we do get to be connected to that root. The Jews who were born connected to that root, sadly, right now, aren't as a nation, connected to the root anymore. So what happened? Paul tells us. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, that's what all you Gentiles are. You're like a wild olive shoot. You're just out there doing your thing. If you, as a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the same nourishing sap from the olive root, what happened, he says, is that some, not all, not all, some, remember there's always a remnant of faithful Jewish people through every generation. There's always a remnant, but some of those branches, they have been broken off. And you, crazy Gentiles, you've been grafted in among that remnant, among the other branches, and now you get to share in the nourishing sap from the olive root. We who did not belong to the tree have been grafted in among the remnant. And we are receiving the blessing from the root. We're receiving a blessing that comes with sharing in the faith of Abraham. They were broken off and we were grafted in. You 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 understand what grafted in means, right? Like you can literally take a branch from one tree and you can splice it into the trunk of another tree. And that branch will actually receive the nourishment all the way from the root through the trunk. And that branch that was cut off from one tree and stuck into the second will begin to produce fruit based on the nourishment of the root that it's now connected to. It That's us. We are now grafted in and we get to produce new fruit based on this new root. And the reason that we got to be grafted in 
to this new tree is because some natural branches were broken off. That, that was the reality of Paul's day, and it's still the reality today. And knowing this is the case, Paul has a word of warning for us, for the Gentiles who have been grafted in. He has a very stern warning for us, and I want to make sure that you hear it today. He says to those branches who have been grafted in, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. In other words, you Gentiles who've been grafted into this tree, do not allow yourself to get conceited and look down upon or find yourself being superior to the other branches, either those who have been broken off or to those who are still in that we've been grafted among, don't do it because you weren't even part of the tree. You aren't giving life to the tree. That tree is giving life to you. You aren't making it better. It's making you better. You are not providing anything for it. It is providing everything for you. You aren't superior to the Israelites in any way. You are in because of them, not in place of them. If there is anything in you that wants to look down on Jewish people, instead of having a heart of gratitude to what God has provided to us through them, then you need to repent. The salvation you experience is because of the work God did through them. Your heart should ever, only, always Be filled with gratitude and mercy, with a heartfelt desire, like Paul, that they come to know Jesus as their Savior. Because faith is the only thing that got you grafted in. And it's the only thing that keeps you in. And it is a lack of faith that is keeping them out. Paul says, you will say, you Gentiles who've been grafted in, you'll say, well, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Mm Mm-hmm. Paul says, granted, that's, that's true. That's true. That happened. They were broken off and you were grafted in. But they were broken off because of unbelief. And you stand by what? They were broken off because of what? Unbelief. Because they rejected Jesus as their Messiah. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you, the reason you were grafted in is because you stand by Faith, that's the only reason you're in. That's it. And now Paul's going to double down on his warning for us. He gets even more forceful. So do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you. Please do not allow yourself in any way to candy coat this warning. Please do not assume that he's being hyperbolic or isn't talking to you. Please do not allow yourself to skip over this warning as if it doesn't exist. Paul, who is speaking to the Gentile believers in the church of Rome, Paul has already declared these Gentile believers 
He's already said that they are part of the tree. They have been grafted into the family line. They are already receiving nourishment from the root that is Abraham. He isn't talking to non-believers here, and he's not talking to apostates. He is talking to people in the church who are listening to this letter. He has already declared that they are in because they are people who stand by faith in Jesus. And what does he say to those people? Don't be arrogant and think that just because you are in now that you can't be removed. If God didn't spare the natural branches who were born in, if he was willing to break them off, what makes you think he won't break you off if you choose to walk the same road of unbelief that they walk? Don't be arrogant, but tremble. Tremble. There's a fear when you go to the Grand Canyon of falling off the edge into the abyss that keeps you from taking selfies at the edge. There's a right and holy fear of falling into the abyss that keeps you behind the railings. And Paul says, That fear is good because you don't want to fall into the pit of unbelief. So tremble. Faith is not something that you decide to pursue one day. Faith is something you decide to pursue every day. Paul continues, consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell. They fell into unbelief. But kindness to you. He's had kindness to you. If you're grafted in, he's had kindness to you. What provided that you what? What's it say? Provided that you. Let's say that with conviction. Provided that you. That's an ongoing That that means it doesn't stop, provided that you continue in his kindness. And if you don't continue in his kindness, what does he say will happen? You also will be cut off. Again, we got to ask, who's he talking to? Who is this warning for? When he says you will be cut off, who's he giving this warning to? To the disciples, the believers in the church. Now, I know even as I'm saying this, there's some of you who say, well, they can't be true believers. It can't be, he can't be talking to true believers because true believers can't be cut off. To which I would humbly say to you, you are not coming to that conclusion from this text. You are bringing that conclusion to this text. You are not getting that idea from this text. You are bringing that idea to this text. He is talking to people, and he's already made it abundantly clear. He is talking to people who are standing by faith, talking to people who are producing fruit because they're getting nourishment from the root. He is talking to people who have been grafted in because others were broken off. He says 
others were cut off so that you could be grafted in. And he says, granted, that's true. He's talking to people who are connected to the trunk. Again, just think through this for a moment. The the people Paul is giving this, this warning to, if they weren't true believers, what's the warning about? Like, let me say it this way. It would make no sense to give a warning to people about being cut off if they were never grafted in. Why would you warn people about getting cut? Why would Paul write a warning and say, hey, there's a chance you could get cut off, but not really because they were never in. Wouldn't make any sense. Like this is a real warning for real disciples not to be arrogant about a real salvation. And the warning is, do not fall into the pit of unbelief and think that God won't do to you what he did to the Jewish people who walked in unbelief. You have to continue in his kindness. Now, don't mishear me today. I didn't say that you have to continue to merit his kindness because you didn't merit it and you never will merit it. You've never merited his kindness. You've not earned anything. You're not owed anything. The moment that you stop putting your faith in Jesus and you start putting it anywhere else, including yourself, the moment that you presume on God's kindness and make light of his sternness, the moment that you begin to believe that you are in because of something you have done or something that you didn't do, the moment that you think you are entitled to God's saving grace, Paul warns, that's the place where you too could get broken off. Again, I know, even as I say that, you're sitting there thinking, wait, wait, Jason, are you, are you, are you saying that people can lose their salvation? To which I would say, no. Like that is not biblical in any sense. The idea of someone losing their salvation is not biblical. And frankly, I wish we would would remove that language from our lives. It's very unhelpful. Because when we talk about someone losing their salvation, it's like treating your salvation like I treat my sunglasses. Like, I lose them all the time. Like, it's like, well, they were just here. I had them yesterday. Where did they go? I put them in the basket, and now they're not in the basket. I've lost them again. It's like treating your car keys. It's like I went into the closet, and I had my car keys, and I came out of the closet, and they're gone. Where did my salvation go? It was just here a minute ago. That language is unhelpful. It's unbiblical. You will never find that in Scripture. But one of the things that you will find in Scripture, not someone losing their salvation, but there are warnings all over Scripture of people who reject their salvation. That's all over Scripture. And I could give you a bunch of examples. I'm not going to do it here. We'll do it on the podcast. I'll share some of those with you on the podcast. For those of you who listen to the podcast, I'll I'll share some. But, But Frankly, we don't need any more truth than what we have right here. 
Like if the only warning we ever got was right here from Romans chapter 11, that warning should be enough for us. Paul says to those who are grafted in, don't be arrogant. There were those before you who were cut off because of unbelief. And if you follow in their footsteps down the path of unbelief, you too will be cut off. Again, I know that shakes some of you up a little bit because you just assume because I prayed that prayer. My kid was baptized or I did the confirmation. That meant I was set for good forever, right? It's not what scripture teaches. We think, oh, but they're good forever. Even though there's no faith in their life, there's no fruit of being connected to the root in their life at all. That's not what scripture teaches. What scripture teaches is you have to continue walking in his kindness. Being transformed by his mercy. At the end of the day, you have to persevere. This is all over scripture. Hebrews says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. How many of you want to receive what he has promised? Amen? Then you have to persevere. This is how you get this. To the one, Jesus says, Matthew 24, to the one who stands firm to the end, the one who perseveres will be saved. How many want to be saved? Then you got to stand firm to the end. And just in case we missed it in Matthew 24, he gave it again to us in Matthew 10. You will be hated. This is talking to the apostles, his disciples. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Keep going. But the seed, you remember the story of the, the, the soils? There was seed that fell down. Some fell on the path and the bird took it away. Others fell among the thorns and some fell along the rocky places. And then there was the good soil. We want to be good soil. Right. Where the word of God comes in, takes root in our life, produces fruit. Right. That's where we want to be. Here's what he says about the good soil. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and then retain it. Hang on to it. Don't let it go. And retain it. And by persevering, produce a crop. Even the good soil has to persevere to produce the fruit. Even the good soil, even the good soil, there's, there's no fruit produced just because the good soil has the seed fall on it. Even the good soil has to persevere. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. You want the crown of life? then you got to persevere. Like this is all over scripture. There is no such thing as salvation without perseverance. Like even my reformed friends have this amazing doctrine called the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. There's the perseverance of the saints. And it is a, an amazing doctrine. And what they mean when they're talking about perseverance of the saints is that everyone who is called by God will persevere to the end. They will persevere to the end. We could say it this way. My reformed friends could put it this way. If you don't persevere, here's what they would say. 
it reveals that you were never saved. That if you don't, if somewhere along the way that you don't persevere, then that that falling away is proof that you were never really saved to begin with. This is what my Reformed friends would say. The other side of the coin, there are others who would say, you could have been saved, but then get cut off and be punted out because you did not persevere. You don't, if you don't persevere, you won't be saved. So one side says, if you don't persevere, it's because you were never saved. The other side would say, if you don't persevere, you won't be saved. So both of these, both of these are true that good godly people believe. And I look at both of them and I say, which camp are you in? I don't care. You know why? Because the solution for both of them is exactly the same. And what is the solution? Persevere. Because there is no salvation without perseverance. Some believe perseverance reveals that you are saved. Some believe perseverance is what keeps you saved. But there is no biblical doctrine out there who believes in a salvation that exists outside of perseverance. It doesn't exist. We have to, like Paul, keep fighting the good fight of faith every single day. That's the warning. That's the warning for those of us who have been grafted in. But it's not just about a warning for those who are in. There's also hope for those who are not in. And here's the hope. Paul says, and if they do not persist in their unbelief, They will be grafted in for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that was wild by nature and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Like if God can take us weeds of Gentiles and graft us into the tree, how much easier would it be to take the broken off branch and put it back? God can do that. And he says he will do that as long as they do not persist in unbelief. It's not over for them. They can come to faith in Jesus. And if they come to faith, they will be grafted in again. And this is the hope for all of you who have anybody in your life who's been broken off, who's not been in. They can be in again as long as they walk away from unbelief and put their faith in Jesus once again. So what is the takeaway for us today? Here it is, very simple. It's not too late. That is, that's the takeaway today. It's not too late. There's two sides to that coin. It's not too late for you to be cut off if you choose to walk away from the faith. If you cut the natural branches off, he'll cut you off. It's not too late. And it's not too late to be grafted in again for those who are willing to walk away from unbelief and put their faith in Jesus. It's not too late. So don't be arrogant. 
and don't give up hope. Father God, we are grateful that you have provided a way for every single one of us to get to experience the nourishing sap that comes from the root of the faith of Abraham that produces fruit now and forevermore. And I pray that you would put in us a gratitude that we're in and a hope for those who are not. We ask you to do a mighty work to bring the whole, the whole people, the backups and the starters on the field at the same time for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.